Hello and welcome to today's episode of The Quad Shot, where we help you down and digest the day's most pertinent cancer news. It's October 24th, 2022. Welcome to The Quadcast. Let's dive in. First up, intense. Does the intensity of PSMA uptake predict a better response to lutetium-177 PSMA? With the proliferation of PET imaging for prostate cancer, it can be challenging to change the way we think about the information provided by different types of PET scans. With FDG-PET, we've been trained to think in terms of hypermetabolic activity. In contrast, PSMA-PET images PSMA expression, not necessarily the metabolic activity or proliferation of cancer cells. Therapy was a phase two trial that randomized patients with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer progressing after androgen receptor pathway inhibitor and docetaxel to either lutetium-177 PSMA or cabazitaxel. It originally showed that progression-free survival was longer with lutetium-177 PSMA. Enrolled patients had both a PSMA PET and an FDG PET. This study compared outcomes from therapy based on the intensity of PSMA and FDG activity. SUV max and SUV mean were calculated for all scans, and metabolic tumor volume was calculated for FDG scans. They defined high PSMA uptake as an SUV greater than or equal to 10 in all lesions and a high FDG uptake as an MTV greater than or equal to 200 cc's. Conveniently, 30% of patients in each arm had high uptake for both PSMA and FDG. While PSA response was higher with lutetium PSMA than cabazitaxel, the difference in response was much greater among those with high PSMA uptake, 91% versus 47%, than those with low PSMA uptake, 52% versus 32%. Conversely, those with a higher FDG MTV had a lower PSA response rate, 38 versus 56%, regardless of treatment arm. Another recent study that generated nomograms to predict outcomes to PSMA therapy also utilized PSMA PET SUV mean. The bottom line is, PSMA PET SUV mean greater than or equal to 10 in all lesions is a predictive biomarker for a positive response to lutetium-177 PSMA, while a high volume of FDG-AVID disease predicts a worse response to any treatment among those with metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. Up second, repeat that please. The standard treatment for locally recurrent breast cancer after breast conservation is mastectomy. Many ipsilateral breast tumor recurrences are relatively small and may be amenable to repeat breast conservation surgery. But how effective are attempts at breast conservation for small ipsilateral breast tumor recurrences. This SEER analysis describes outcomes following treatment for small, less than 2 centimeter, ipsilateral breast tumor recurrences 
status post-initial lumpectomy. Of 2,831 patients fitting the bill from 1999 to 2015, roughly three-quarters received mastectomy and one-quarter repeat breast conservation surgery. A multivariate analysis reported worse overall survival among those who received breast-conserving surgery as well as worse breast cancer-specific survival. But this was mainly driven by poor outcomes among those who had repeat breast-conserving surgery without re-irradiation, especially among those with ER-negative disease. When looking at just the third of patients who also received radiation after repeat breast-conserving surgery, there was no difference in overall survival or breast cancer-specific survival compared with mastectomy. In this population with relatively small recurrences, chemo didn't appear to improve survival, possibly because there were too few ER-negative tumors to detect a difference in that high-risk population. At the end of the day, we can't account for why patients in SEER received the treatment that they did, nor factors that may influence survival and treatment outcomes. Nevertheless, salvage breast-conserving surgery alone was associated with worse survival, especially when omitting re-irradiation. The bottom line is, in this SEER analysis, salvage breast-conserving surgery alone for small ipsilateral breast tumor recurrences was associated with worse survival compared to mastectomy, especially when radiation was omitted. Careful selection of re-irradiation candidates is necessary when considering salvage breast-conserving surgery. Thanks to Lee. Cancer. 2022. Up next, light combo. Stage 2A and 2B seminoma includes N1 to 2 disease, and they are typically treated with either radiation or 3 to 4 cycles of chemotherapy. The single arm phase 2 SAC 110 trial investigated an approach of combined but de escalated chemotherapy and radiation. Patients received a single cycle of carboplatin followed by radiation. And while radiation dose was fairly standard at 30 gray and 15 fractions for stage 2A and 36 gray and 18 fractions for stage 2B, the extent of radiation was de-escalated to include only the involved nodal site. The CTV was a 2 centimeter craniocaudal and 1 centimeter axial expansion of the pretreatment GTV with an additional 1 centimeter PTV margin. At three years, the observed progression free survival rate was favorable at 94%, but it did not meet the target rate of 95%. The rate of grade 3 plus toxicity was just 7%. Thanks to Papa Christofolo, Lancet Oncology, 2022. Up next, Axe Facts. Are you confused about how to factor in response to neoadjuvant chemo in decision-making regarding regional nodal irradiation for breast cancer? Well, you're not alone. Here's a comprehensive review of the current data on the subject published over the past couple of years. And yes, we'll be awaiting results of NSABP B51 for a while, but in the meantime, Almost all retrospective studies have indicated that RNI contributes to local regional control at most and not clearly 
to disease-free or overall survival. For patients who are YPN0, on the other hand, you can expect an overall survival benefit for virtually all patients who are YPN positive. This led to an expert panel reaching a strong consensus against blanket recommendations for regional nodal irradiation for all clinically node positive patients. Conversely, they suggest women with clinical N1 converted to YPN0 should rarely receive regional nodal irradiation unless there are other major risk factors. Thanks to Miatini, Current Opinions in Oncology, 2022. Finally, synchrony. As opposed to most available data on recurrent oligomets, this retrospective look at outcomes following radiation to all sites of de novo oligometastatic prostate cancer in 43 men reports a promising rate of survival free from biochemical progression at 80%, the median follow-up of four years. Thanks to Hun, JAMA Network Open, 2022. This concludes today's episode of The Quad Shot. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating and subscribing to our podcast. Also, check out our website at www.quadshotnews.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We'll catch you next time.